What is the best moment in recent Rangers franchise history? On today's show, I list the top eight March Madness style moments in recent Rangers franchise history since 2010 and see which one comes out on top. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first lesson every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. On today's show, allow me to be one of about a billion podcasts um, that exists and uh, what of about half a billion that are doing some kind of March Madness style bracket on the first day of the men's NCAA tournament. Um, you know, it's March. It's time for, for brackets of things. And, you know, if you weren't prepared for that, then, well, you shouldn't listen to a podcast. That's that's on you at this point. So I, I did this. Uh, I wanted to go for the entire franchise history, but that kind of felt like a lot to put in. And there's a lot of moments that I was not around for or was not paying attention to. And my fandom really started in earnest, uh, full scale since like uh, 2010. So I figured, you know, this is... This is where I would start it because this is where I have been obsessed with uh, this team since then. So I'm I try to limit it to one one event per year. There's one year where I doubled up, um, but it was a a momentous year that that warranted two separate occasions. There were two very different style of events. So uh, I did this March Madness style instead of 16 or 64. That's way too many, um, but I did eight so we could fit it into one podcast episode. So we go one versus eight, four versus five, two, uh, three versus six, and two versus seven, and then we will move them on just like regular bracket style things. So let's start off with the number one overall seed in this tournament. It's going to be really hard to dethrone this one, and I think I think you all know what it is. It's it's Benjamin Molina's hitting for the cycle. No, it's not, but it is from 2010. It is the Rangers winning their first ever ALCS, going to the World Series for the first time. Neftali Feliz striking out Alex Rodriguez to send this team to the World Series in a moment that I'm sure still imp- inspires pure, pure joy from every single Texas Rangers fan. This was the moment that really sealed my baseball fandom for life. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment striking out A-Rod and just the whole game, the whole series was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, like you could not picture a more perfect way to get the Rangers to the World Series than striking out A-Rod, um, guy who many Rangers fans still harbor ill will towards and um, just kind of Kind of beautiful. And I'm glad that they finally have a statue outside of Globe Life Field that is memorializing that moment of Neftali Feliz jumping into Benji Molina's arms in the best moment in Rangers franchise history. At least the number one seed. We'll see how it comes out the other side of this tournament. But that was a beautiful, beautiful moment. It's going to be very, very tough to top, especially for an eight seed. And, um, you know, there have been only a few years in these, in, in these, uh, um, 
13, 12 seasons, 13 seasons, um, I think, if my math is correct, um, of doing very, very simple math, which is not always the easiest. Um, but we had to include something from a bunch of different years so that we have the number eight seed during a very, very rough year. It was Joey Gallo's game-winning home run in his final game, which snapped a 12-game losing streak. This was a 5-4 to four win over the Arizona Diamondbacks, who were a terrible team that year, as were the Rangers, and they were in the midst of a terrible, terrible skid. Um, Joey Gallo gave an, a, an interview on the field like he knew that it was going to be his last game because he probably did know that it was going to be his last game, and then he was traded to the Yankees where things did not work out, and then things did not work out when he was traded from there to the Dodgers, but the Rangers got a pretty good haul for him but it was kind of the signal at that point in the season everything was way downhill from there it was one of the toughest stretch stretches of rangers baseball that i have ever had the displeasure of watching even 2014 you know when everybody was hurt and it felt like everything was going wrong at least there was still some hope it's like all right well adrian beltre will eventually come back like there there are still a lot of talented baseball players on that team so it kind of made 2014 easier to deal with but with 2021 it was like whew farm system is kind of trash the big team is really trash and uh, there's not a whole lot of hope on the horizon and um, that was a nice little moment for Gallo to have that final moment of being the hero hitting that three-run bomb and giving the Rangers that win in what was a miserable miserable probably the worst season that I have ever experienced or hopefully ever will experience as a Texas Rangers fan Um, it was bad it was real bad, and uh, that moment was one of the very few that inspired joy that season. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that very confidently. No, I am sure that confidently that the 2010 ALCS title winning game um, that is going to take it over the Joey Gallo game winning home run. As much as my Joey Gallo bias could factor in here, it's it's not enough to it's not enough to take over that 20. 10 moment the next matchup the toughest matchup first round matchup that we have uh the four seed we have winning the 2016 al west title that was a game that the rangers beat the a's three to nothing a cole hamels gem um, a couple of familiar faces on the oakland a's at that time some future rangers and some former rangers including marcus simeon who went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts leading off and playing shortstop for the a's that year there was also future ranger uh, mediocre K. Chris Davis, also former Rangers Jake Smolinski and Renato Nunez on that team. Cole Hamels pitched seven shutout innings, was absolutely electric, handed the ball over to Matt Bush for the eighth inning and Sam Dyson for the ninth inning, who got the 36th save of the season. He outdueled Kendall Graveman, who pitched seven innings and allowed three runs, including a pair off of a two-run shot by Adrian Beltre, his 31st of the season. Of course, Adrian Beltre coming up in the clutch in that seventh inning where the Rangers scored all of their three runs. It was a very, very close game, a nail-biter of a game, but the Rangers had plenty of time to clinch that series. It was uh, September 23rd. So the Rangers still had several more games that season, but it, it felt like a sure thing, a 95 win team, which uh, I believe it was the, it's one of the best, if not the best in uh, marks in franchise history. Um, kind of a fluky, weird team to win 95 games, but uh, yeah, that is, that is the, the team that did it. Yeah. 95. Oh no. One, one shy, excuse me, 2011, 96 win Texas Rangers team was the franchise record um 1999 also won 95 games that year so 
tied for the second best record in franchise history and what I think was probably like the fifth or sixth best actual team in franchise history. Just a lot of good one-run luck that uh, kind of karma out in 2022. Um, maybe the Rangers can just have some decent one-run luck next year. But um, the other one uh, in this in this matchup is Adrian Beltre and his 3,000 hits. We're going to get into that and more of these top eight moments since 2010. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season. It's here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drain, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba now adrian beltray's 3000 hit that was in the 2017 season and it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. It was leading up to it for a long, long time. And of course, it was a double down the left field line, which is where he hit his first major league hit and, of course, his 3,000th. A wonderful moment with seeing the banner being unfurled, the game basically being being stopped, and his family running out to him on second base. Just one of the more beautiful moments that we have had in a season where the Rangers did not end up making the playoffs and um, was kind of the end of an era um, Udarish was shipped off that year. Cole Hamels would be shipped off the next year. Beltre would also retire after the 2018 season. And uh, everything kind of went downhill from there. It's not been super great since until hopefully, hopefully this year. Um, but it was a really, really great moment. And as fun as that 2016 AL West title was, it wasn't as dramatic as the year before it. And so I kind of want to give this to Adrian Beltre. And uh, personally, um, I... I didn't have the best day on Adrian Beltre's 3000th hit day. Uh, that was, I will always remember that as the day that my grandmother passed away. I got the news, uh, about 20 minutes before Adrian Beltre's 3000th hit. Um, so, uh, I mean, personally wasn't the best day, but still was an amazing moment and uh, a really nice thing for Adrian Beltre to do on what was an otherwise terrible day for me personally. So, uh, thank you, Adrian Beltre for your timing there. And that five seed will be moving on the first upset in our bracket five seed over the four seed not a huge one but still worth mentioning the number three seed we have the 2015 al west title winning game cole hamels threw a complete game after giving up a two-run bomb in the top of the first inning to old albert pujols which was his 40th of the season and actually the last time that albert pujols would hit 40 home runs in a season i didn't think that he would still be playing in the year of our lord 2022 like he was but um he did. He had a pretty good season, and uh, it wasn't for the Angels. So that was fun. That was a really, really memorable game. It was a just super gutty outing from Cole Hamels. The Rangers were able to get one claw one back in the bottom of that first inning, then get the lead back in the fifth. And at that point, Cole Hamels was on. He was not coming out of that game. He was not letting up another run, not letting up anything else to that very talented Angels team with a uh, future Ranger mediocre Cole Calhoun, uh, Mike Trout, of course, Albert Pujols, 
Um, and the man, the myth, the horrifying legend of David Freeze in that lineup, who went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. So, um, yeah, good, good on Cole Hamels for, for doing that to him. But the Rangers lineup was not going to be denied on that day. Some really great performances from Prince Fielder, who got a pair of runs, uh, runs batted in. Adrian Beltre, of course, came up huge because it's Adrian Beltre. He had that two-run shot off Garrett Richards, um, including a pair of hits, three runs batted in, and a pair of runs as well. Elvis Andrews had a big day at the plate also a uh, multi-RBI day for him, including his 34th double of the season. Um, and the Rangers were able to get that win on the last day of the regular season in a beautiful, beautiful game pitched by one Cole Hamels. Um, just a, a really, really nice game for him, who also pitched the 2016 clincher. So the Rangers' last two AOS titles were clinched with Cole Hamels on the hill. Hamels still hasn't retired yet. Maybe they could get uh, Cole Hamels to pitch in the next AL West title, maybe this year. I don't know. That seems like a bit much for both of those things to happen. Um, Cole Hamels pitching for the Raiders and the Raiders winning an AL West title. But that number three seed goes up against the sixth seed of Rugnet Odor punching Jose Bautista in the face. This is the exception, uh, I believe. No, this is not the same year. This is from um, a different year that was already also included. But Rugnet Odor, what what more do I need to say about Rugnet Odor punching Jose Bautista in his dumb face? It was a beautiful, beautiful moment that reverberated throughout the annals of history, no matter what Rugnet Odor did after that, which admittedly wasn't a whole lot. That moment will always have a special place in the heart of Rangers fans. As someone who is not pro-violence in almost any... Any place, violence doesn't solve your problems, but like if it's a punching Jose Bautista in the face in that one specific instance, that that's that's kind of where I have my yeah, every rule has an exception, and I feel like that is my exception to the rule. Just the one of the greatest baseball fights, um, baseball punches thrown in the history of the sport. Um, maybe there were some better ones thrown in the 1800s or whenever when they didn't have video replay review where we could see it over and over and over again for the rest of time we will never know but the best one caught on camera and the best of many pictures um taken of Rugnet Odor punching him in the face just 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 a wonderful wonderful day um that <laughs> was stupid and unfortunately the Rangers were kind of on the wrong end of it of getting mad about someone bat flipping but Jose Bautista took it a bit too far and tried to spike Rugnet Odor so I feel like that was Plenty justified of Rudin Odor defending himself and getting one clean on old Joey Bats. Um, and as fun as that moment was, I think I'm going to advance it. I mm, No, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to. That 2015 game was just, it was just too good. It was too great a performance by Cole Hamels. Probably the best of his Rangers career. Probably the most important of his Rangers career. I've got to give it to Cole Hamels in that 2015 AL West title because that was so much closer. It was on the last day, and it was when everyone was picking the Astros to finally start their little run of being amazing for a long, long time. And thankfully, the Rangers were able to delay that until 2017 when they allegedly won their first championship. But um, yeah, I got to give it to that 2015 AL West title. Rookie made it close, and I hate not having that many upsets in this bracket, but... The top seeds are strong. They are very strong in this bracket. Coming up, we're getting into the last first-round matchup and eventually crown a champion moment from the 2010 uh, era on. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. 
I'm so excited to talk to you all about our new partner. This episode is brought to you by the mobile game Ultimate Baseball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming a Major League Baseball GM and managing your professional baseball franchise, this your dream has come true. This, de- this game is definitely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing the team finances, scouting and drafting players, manage those difficult personalities, navigate your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs like Chris Young has managed to do with this team and his free agency uh, shenanigans and uh, and great, great moves. Maybe you could channel your own Chris Young by playing this game. Locked on Rangers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Just visit probaseballgm.com or scan the code and look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Now, the final first-round matchup we have is a doozy, the two-seed versus the seven-seed. The two-seed is, well, you can probably guess it. I haven't gotten to it yet. It's winning the 2011 ALCS. It's hard to kind of, it's hard to, to forget about what happened after that, but for the sake of this argument, or for the sake of this, this bracket, we are just going with that because that is when the playoffs ended for the Rangers in 2011. They didn't have a World Series that year. It was it was so weird that they just uh, decided not to have it. But you know, I respect their decision because the 2011 AL West or AL Championship was just so great that there was no need to have a World Series after that. No need to inflict pain. Don't tell me. Don't tell me about it. I know what happened. I'm just in denial. It's a very, very powerful tool. But that 2011 ALCS was absolutely amazing. The first walk-off Grand Slam in postseason history came in the 11th inning of Game 2 against the Tigers. The Rangers took a 2-0 lead. God bless the boomstick, Nelson Cruz. That man was absolutely electric in that series. Um, The 2011 ALCS MVP and just an absolute monster in the postseason in general. But six home runs in that series in six games, just absolutely unheard of. The guy was incredible. A 17-13 OPS for a series, just absolutely unreal. The guy was amazing. The Rangers were absolutely amazing that year. And even though it went to six games, it never felt like it was particularly that close. Game six was was not close. The Rangers absolutely obliterated the Tigers 15-5. to Alexi Ogando got the start and the win in that game going... Actually, no, he did not get the start. He did get the win. Excuse me. Derek Holland was the one who started that game. He gave up four runs in just under five innings. Feldman got them out of that fifth inning, and then Alexi Ogando comes in, pitches two critical shutout innings, and the Rangers offense just absolutely takes over. They obliterated Max Scherzer, knocking him out before he could even finish the third inning, and they did some damage to everybody else in that pen as well including lighting up old Brad Penny for five runs in his inning and two-thirds of work. It was just not enough. The Tigers did not have enough to stop the Rangers and their unstoppable offense getting home runs from Nelson Cruz, from Michael Young, extra base hits from Michael Young as well. Young had an incredible day, a pair of doubles and a home run as well. A three-hit, five-RBI day. He was kind of the leader of the offense in 
on that day, Nelson Cruz still, of course, had his multiple extra base hits, including a double off of Max Scherzer and a home run off of Brad Penny in that seventh inning. It was just an unstoppable onslaught of Rangers offense, even in the eight hole, old David Murphy, DHing, having a multi-hit, multi-RBI day, two hits, three walks, two RBI, two runs scored. Just everybody contributing, doing damage there. And but they only had uh, a one for four day ho hum from Josh Hamilton. Like that's all they needed because Nelson Cruz was the most on fire person in the world at that time. And in the number seven seed that is going up against it, a moment that has a very special place in my heart, not the most significant in franchise history by any means, but definitely one that I think merits consideration in this tournament. The seven seed is the three straight walk-off home runs in 2013, starting on July 29th through July 31st, ending that month with some beautiful, beautiful moments of just embarrassing the crap out of the Angels. Three straight walk-off home runs, all three to left field, all by different players. It's just a really, really great stretch and some fantastic calls by uh, Steve Busby on those walk-off home runs. The first one on the 29th was a Giovanni solo, Soto, Soto, solo shot um, to left field. AJ Pruszynski had the tying shot in the bottom of the ninth inning before it um, the Rangers were down three to two heading into that ninth inning but got a pair of home runs including the walk-off from Giovanni Soto the next day Leonis Martin was up in the bottom of the 10th inning tied at 11 with runners on the corners and one out so all they needed was a ball to the outfield the Angels did a weird five-man infield shift so really any ball to the outfield would have done it there were only two outfielders out there and uh you know, he decided to hit it over the fence. You know, just dropping one in there for a single was not good enough. He needed that walk-off home run to extend that streak to two straight days, and he absolutely crushed it to the opposite field. Very rare opposite field Apotaco shot for Leonis Martin, but a memorable one nonetheless. Probably his most memorable home run, I would say, in his Rangers tenure. And then the last one on the final day of July, who else but Adrian Beltre finishing it off, Busby saying that everyone was on the top step waiting for another potential walk-off, literally as the pitch was being thrown for Adrian Beltre to crush a solo shot to left field. The only no-doubter of those three but, of course, it's going into the left field seats for the third straight walk-off home run. A beautiful moment, but, again, tough to compete with winning the 2011 ALCS. That one has got to advance. Now, we are in the second round. These will go a lot faster because we've already talked about these moments. But we have the number one seed winning the 2010 ALCS versus Adrian Beltre, 3,000 hits. Um, sorry, Adrian Beltre. You were not a part of this number one seed moment. And as as wonderful as that 3,000 hit was, 2010, just it, it's just really tough to beat. And I don't think that the Adrian Beltre 3,000 hits moment can do it. A all-time moment in um, recent baseball history, I would say. Um, maybe I'm a little biased, but it's not quite the 2016 Cubs breaking their curse. It's not quite the 2004 Red Sox breaking their curse or, you know, going down 3-0 against the Yankees and then coming back um, to beat them in the reverse, the rare, oh, almost 
never seen before. I think it's the only instance of the reverse sweep um, going down 3-0 and then coming back. But I mean, for Rangers fans, this this is the pinnacle. There's a reason it's the one seed, and I don't know if it's going to be beaten by anybody else, but it has got the top. The Adrian Belche 3,000 hits. Sorry, Adrian. Then we have the number two seed winning the 2011 ALCS versus 2015 AL West title. I think the pettiness in me is going to take over here because as great as the 2011 ALCS was, it's kind of impossible for me to forget about um, the alleged World Series that happened. I know it happened. Sorry, I'm acknowledging it. Um, it's hard for me to forget about what happened after that. As great as that, at that as that Nelson Cruz, just obliteration of that incredibly good Tigers pitching staff was. It's just it's hard to get that out of my memory. And having that little knife to twist in of one of the two years that the Rangers and Astros actually had a real rivalry where both teams were not trash and were pretty good at the same time, that 2015 title is going to hold a special place in my heart um, because of how petty I am and how much I enjoyed that very much. So in the championship, we have the 2010 ALCS striking out A-Rod to go to the World Series for the first time in franchise history versus the pettiness of winning the 2015 AOS title on the last day of the season from that great Cole Hamill's performance. This is a tough one, but there's a reason it's the one seed. It's got it's got to be the 2010 ALCS moment. There there were some other moments in there that I considered some honorable mentions I thought about putting in the um these super petty um the super petty Mike Miner 200th strikeout moment of dropping the uh, foul ball by Ronald Guzman because every single Red Sox hitter knew that Mike Miner was on 199 strikeouts on the season and was just trying to put balls in play and keep him from getting that 200th strikeout. And then there was that Boston Globe reporter that was just all petty and annoyed about the sanctity of the game between on game 162 of two teams who had absolutely nothing to play for except for that fun little milestone of 200 strikeouts. And Mike Miner did it and... He showed absolutely no shame afterwards, and I tip my cap to him for the pettiness of that moment. There was also the four-home run game from Josh Hamilton that I considered. Um, it was really good, but it was just a one-game moment. So, I mean, granted, some of these others are one-game, one-off moments. Maybe that should have made it in there as the eight seed over the Joey Gallo homer in the final game, but... I got the suggestion about halfway through recording this podcast, so it did not make the cut. <laughs> um, but still a great moment nonetheless. Some other great moments were just, I remember reacting to some of these big trades, these big signings. Obviously, the Seeger and Simeon deals day was absolutely incredible. Finding out that Jacob deGrom was going to be a Texas Ranger, finding out that Bruce Bochy is going to be the manager. I mean, we'll, we'll see how those end up turning out. But all of those moments were really, really great and definitely deserve some honorable mentions. But I feel like I picked some, some pretty good, mostly relevant on the field moments. Also a special uh, honorable mention to Adrian Beltre getting ejected for moving the uh, on-deck circle. That's definitely a top-tier uh, fun bit moment <laughs> that will always have a special place in my heart but i don't know i feel good about the eight that i chose if you have some other ones some egregious missteps or some that i made in not including or just some anger with the seating or whatever you can go ahead and leave your comments on youtube i will happily take them just be be mostly respectful that's all i ask um 
But yeah, thank you all so much for making Locked On Raiders your first listen every single day. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing and being a part of these best moments in Rangers franchise history. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.